Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the fourth day of April, and the uh, fourth day of April means it's Lucas White's birthday. So I want to say happy birthday to my oldest. My son, Lucas, is 23 years old today, and we will be going to see Lucas in about a week and a half. His mother and I are going to make our way to the campus of Doan University in Crete, Nebraska for Senior Day, even though Lucas is actually in grad school because of, uh, and I've explained this before and I don't want to bore you, but because of COVID, when they all lost, he lost his sophomore year, everyone got an additional year, so he was granted a fifth year of baseball eligibility. He came back to play in what is effectively his grad year. He's been taking grad classes. So everybody's senior day got pushed back. So even though he's not a senior, he gets honored in a couple of weeks as a senior. So his mom and I will be going up there to Washington. And uh, my plan this year is to, whatever it takes, be there the last time he walks off the field. Because, of course, barring some sort of opportunity to play pro, this is it. So we're going to make our way north or wherever we got to go in May, uh, depending on how deep they go. Uh, So... Pray for our journeys because we're going to be burning some highway trying to make sure we're there. And I'm sure many of you can understand our desire to do that. But happy birthday to Lucas. And we're so proud of him and Lauren. So excited for what God is doing in both of their lives and setting their destiny. And there's been a lot of prayers about their plans and their lives and the roots that have been laid down. We're so proud of them. Today, I want to lead you into this famous story of the feeding of the 5,000. And I've told you before, and we'll repeat again, what I think is the most important miracle to the writers in the Gospels. And the reason I say that is because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John rarely tell you a same story. They, they often tell different stories. Now, it is more common to see Matthew and Luke use what Mark says and build off of it. In fact, Mark by my account, is the only of the four Gospels that doesn't have a unique story, something that appears only in Mark. Now, it does have little moments where it says something that might not be said elsewhere, but no unique story. Matthew does. Luke does. John is almost entirely unique. The fact that the feeding of the 5,000 is in John, a book that is almost entirely unique to me, is proof that it was the highlight miracle in the ministry of Jesus. Now, as we go over the next few days, I'm going to try to break down the context, the purpose, the importance of this miracle, but I'm also going to try to give you some interpretations through the lens of Old Testament Scripture as to why the crowd was so amazed, but also why the writers thought they needed to circle back to this miracle. Um, So I want to save all of that, and I want to do the lead-in today because Mark has a bit of a lead-in in which he says something very similar to the way Matthew says it. And we'll use Matthew's lead in as well to help us understand this. Let's read from Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Now this harkens all the way back to verse 13. Before the little side story about John the Baptist being beheaded, remember Jesus had sent out his apostles. This was actually the subject of our essay edition for March where he sent the apostles out. In verse 30, they come back and they start to tell everything that had happened. However, in Matthew's telling of this story, in Matthew 12, when he tells the story of John the Baptist being beheaded, his version says they went and told Jesus. 
Mark doesn't say they went and told Jesus. Mark says the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. So what Mark seems to indicate is that they're telling him about their mission journey, that they went out and preached and laid hands on the sick and anointed them with oil. Oh, and also we learned while we were gone, John the Baptist died. And in Matthew's version, Jesus immediately turns aside and goes off to be by himself and is then sort of pursued by the crowd. But listen to the way Mark tells it, because I think in Mark's version, it says something even deeper in a way to our lives. He said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Now, I'll save the transition. There's a, there's a, tra- uh, a conjunction, transitory, sort of rebuttal conjunction in the next verse says, but. But we'll save that for tomorrow because I want to bring this out. When the disciples come back from their little missions trip, six teams of two, they bring the news to Jesus. To, when we get this from the Matthew version, that John the Baptist has died. Jesus and John the Baptist are blood relatives, but they're also linked through ministry. Their names inexorably linked forever in the gospel. And in Matthew, Jesus goes by himself to pray, but in Mark, he tells his disciples they need to go off too. And I think it's because they've just had this amazing little ministry trip and they need some time to recharge their batteries. And what it says to me is there is no substitute for physical and mental rest in the middle of your journey with God. Jesus does not say to them, boy, let's wait for the next Sabbath day and get our rest. No, they immediately turn aside. So he hasn't made the Sabbath day a religious event. In fact, he is now invading their lives with a Sabbath. He is saying to them, it is time for you to go find space. I want to encourage you today. Resist the urge of the systems of this world to try to outwork everyone. I don't mean be lazy. I don't mean let things go to to hell and not take care of your responsibilities. You couldn't listen to me very long and think I would ever want you to dismiss your responsibilities. But I mean learn how to take a real rest. Learn that sometimes the only way you're going to make it is to step aside and take some time off where you shut your brain down for a little bit and you relax. And you you let hurt hurt. You let pain be pain. Jesus goes off by himself after hearing that John has died, and I know he just wants to be alone. But he tells his disciples to go do the same thing. He he says, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. He doesn't say, come set by me. He says, you guys go off by yourself. Let's all go to this deserted place. I think he takes them out to a spot, and they all go 13 different directions. And they just spend time reflecting on what they just went through, who they are, and what tomorrow holds. Now, the 5,000 are going to interrupt this because there comes a time when the needs of the community become so important to pull us out of the place of our rest. But if we're not in that place of rest, I think we'll respond to the community with the wrong spirit. I have found that to be the case in myself. If I press and I try to hammer away and work past the breaking point of my mind and my soul, the community starts to anger me. If I have come from a place of rest where I've been washed off, 
the community moves me to compassion. And that's kind of been a gauge for me as like, okay, it's time to take a step back, take a day off, really start to reflect on what you're doing and let him wash you over. Uh, and in practical terms, find a deserted place, whatever that looks like. Um, that leads us up to that transition, which we're going to take together tomorrow. We start to get into this feeding of the 5,000. Have a great day. God bless.